Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Show you the one on dessert? Not for me. How good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Brought to you by Extend Technologies, XTNDAV.com. Lima, we got a lot of responses here. You excited about this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like it. Boy, you sound like you're excited about it. Uh, okay, so what we do, we try to do it on Thursdays, and we just kind of forgot. We have something called Inside Baseball. And Inside Baseball is just, like, you got questions about the business, us, together, whatever. We'll answer it. Like, it's inside stuff that, you know, people may or may not care about when they're listening to the regular show. So, do you have your email open? I do. How many do you have that are different from mine? Do you have just ones that are sent to you? Uh, I just have a few. Okay, good. Video. I got like I got about nine, ten. Oh wow! No, they they totally together. cut me off of those. Yeah, no, I got a. Well, because I, I tweeted out for mine, and I, you know, I just kept saying so they got in. Um, we can get to them whenever you want. Did you want to start with something else right now with uh, with with the emerging podcast scene? No, I think this is what the people want, Kenny. They want they want it. Okay, good. Well, our, our answers tend to go long, so. I think it'll end up going this way. So, all right. Inside baseball, here on the emerging podcast scene, you want to go through your emails and then we'll go through my emails? Let's do those first. Go ahead, just start us off. All right, fine. This one coming from... Daniel... Oh, no, that one's to me. That one's not as good. All right, here we go. Andrew Hoffner. Ken... You know you have. I know you have three boys. I have two girls and a boy on my on the way in March. How do you ensure you don't have another surprise on the way? Did you get clipped? What's the best time of year to get neutered? Uh, that's coming from Andy. Uh, I well, Lima can't answer that. I can answer that. No. We we had a. I, I mean, this is going to be get pretty greasy in the open. So if you got kids listening, you might want to hit the uh, the fast thirty button here, uh, unless you're listening live. Uh, we had plans to get a, a vasectomy. Uh, this was right before Jonah. And uh, Liz pulled the plug on that, and then we ended up you know, having Jonah. And I, I've been kind of like, all right, let's do it. And for whatever reason, like Liz is like, well, you can go to – our neighbor got one. You can go to our neighbors. And I'm like, I don't want to go to our neighbor – well, not go to our neighbors to actually have the procedure, but go to the neighbor's doctor. And my neighbor has just told me horror stories about how bad it was. I'm like, I'm not going to the neighbor's doctor. I'll go to another doctor. i got to get it done what i got to get it done. Uh up until then, you know, knock on wood, just kind of um, doing it the old-fashioned way. Uh, just, uh, you know, being careful, I guess. Everybody's being careful in this atmosphere. So, uh, yeah, we're just being careful until that happens. But I'm up for it. I'm ready to do it. I, We have a vacation coming up in April. We're going to Jamaica. And I'm like, well, we got to get it done before that. 
because I'm not bringing three people home. We're only bringing two. <laughs> so uh, it's getting down to it's literally getting down to nut cutting time. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll get this. I've been hearing this out. for three three years from you. Well, I yeah, well it's like a stave of execution, and I don't know why. It's just like hey, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's get this done. I know it's not going to be a, a delightful experience. I know it's not. I know it's going to be painful. Uh, I know I'm not going to enjoy it. I don't think I'm going to take parts of three weeks out like some of the other people we know. But I, I think that you know it's it's time to go. I, I know other people who've done it. They've t- got it taken care of. They live perfectly healthy lives. Lots of men do it. It's I I don't want to. There's no way I would ask my wife to do it on her end unless she was already having a kid and they could just take care of it then. I know some people who've done it then, but to go in there and have to do that, that's no. When I could get in and out in what seems like an hour, uh, I think I'd be okay with that. So. I'm I'm more than willing to do it, but that is in uh, Andy. That's in Mrs. Carmen's hands, and so uh, that's up to her. Lima, what do you got? And your surgeon's uh, scalpel. Yes, well. and my surgeon's scalpel. Have you ever thought about doing that before children? Ever at all? You? No, no. I probably actually should have thought about that because for the longest time I thought I was not ever going to uh, create any little Limas. So. Uh, it's amazing uh, the difference in philosophy in just a year. It is amazing because, oh, you know, yes. you're sitting there 38, 39 going, all right, it's all going to be about experience the rest of my life. It's going to be about traveling. <laughs> it's going to be about living in Europe. It's going to be doing this and doing that. And that changes really fast. All those sound like great ideas until uh, you have someone else. Yep. Then it changes, I, uh, it changes everything dramatically. And you went from 20-something living the life downtown Cleveland to uh, watching Jeopardy every night. You're, you're, and you're I am having a blast. Socks and sandals. We did not get to Jeopardy uh, throughout the course of the show. And, again, I want to make Sorry. sure because Sorry, we have had bad. Jeopardy come up twice before. We even took a caller, something we've never done yeah. during the podcast. And it was just about somebody who really knew Jeopardy. And what I didn't realize in just – remember, most of my Twitter followers, Kenny, and I don't know if this is the case for you, but most of my Twitter followers are just sports fans. So what are you doing at 7.30? You're watching yeah. sports. You're watching That's baseball. True. You're watching basketball. And now it seems like football's on every night. You're getting ready. you got pregame and all that stuff. I didn't realize the percentage of the people that follow me and that listen to this show are right to Jeopardy. I mean, what what really crystallized it, and I don't know why I would have thought otherwise, is when a guy said at the firehouse, they watch it every night. There's nothing else on. They're watching Jeopardy every single night. And I don't know why, in my mind, I thought that was weird. It's, and, I don't. And it, it, it just shows you that everybody, everybody's been watching this show their whole lives. I do think it was kind of out of sight, out of mind for a while. And Ken Jennings changed that, changed that big time. Yes. And then they have very strategically, like we've talked about before, they found these Jeopardy long haulers, these Jeopardy players, <laughs> these these contestants who can stick around and beat up the Jags that they keep uh, basically boosting and putting up there just to make these other ones look good. And they realize, oh, yeah, we get ratings if people get to know the contestants. Because remember, for the longest time, you only had five days. That was it. And if you were the returning champion after five days, you qualified for that uh, that end of the year. What do they call it? Uh, I can't remember. The tournament of champions for. is it? Tournament the of champions. Tournament of champions. Yep. Yes. And so now they realize, well, that's stupid. Why would we get rid of our stars after just five days? So Ken Jennings was like the first one to keep going and going and going and going. And then they had Holtzauer, and then they had that 
Amodio or whatever his name was, who's originally from Cleveland, and now they've got this this new one, and she is just dominating. And you're starting to learn things about her. You're starting to learn because people are wanting to know why is she so good at this. She, is it just that she's hitting that buzzer quicker than anybody else? No, not necessarily. She doesn't do the game theory that all the others did. Remember, Ken Jennings Holtz. introduced game theory. Oh, see, I thought it was Holtzauer who really in- introduced that type of thing. Like, Oh, was it? Wasn't it like he was just going to answer all the questions or what, how was it? Like, no matter what? Well, I or? thought it was Jen- – maybe I'm wrong. I thought Jennings was the first one to go out of sequence. Maybe I'm wrong. Someone will correct okay. us. But whoever it was, they realized, wait a second, does me no good to get all these $100 and $200 questions correct? Yeah, I have control of the board, but who cares? I'm running out of time to build up my piggy bank to as big as it possibly can be. So how do I do that? I go right for the gusto. Also, they never put the daily doubles in the 100 to the 200s. Yeah. So why would I waste my time with these questions that don't do anything for me? Sure, I get into a rhythm of answering questions. But now we've gone back this Amy, she does not have any interest in trying to seek and destroy the daily doubles or going to the 1,000s. She starts the way that players always traditionally played. And I find that amazing about her, but yet she still dominates. I, I, I've not watched any of it, and I'm sorry I haven't. It's been a long time, but I know that I like it. I know that it's the, it's an institution. I think it's such an easy institution because it's trivia. Uh, trivia is something that everybody likes. That's why they do it at bars, and that's why they have those type of things. Like, I, I think that trivia is just easy, and I'm glad that fans – I'm glad that America really still enjoys it even after the passing of Alex Trebek. All right, check your email. Because they're coming in hot. Go ahead. We're not going to be able to get to all of them. Let's see how many we can get to. Go ahead. Uh, inside baseball from – well, I can't – can I even – can we bring up other hosts and other – Oh, I know. What all right, Andy T., have you guys heard from Kevin Kiley? Uh, uh, oh. I have not. I have not. I have asked somebody who may have communicated with him recently – and I don't know, I, you know, can we do this on Inside Baseball? That's the point of Inside Baseball, right, Kenny? Well, just keep it tight, and we don't need yeah. to expound on anything. Yeah, there's plenty of reasons the, for that. Yeah. There's, yeah. yeah, there's plenty of reasons. But uh, I can tell you this about Kevin Kiley is I I don't know if this is true for Ken. I listened to Kiley and Booms when I was in college at Ohio State, and the lineup on Fox Sports back in the day, it was it was really good, I thought. And it was Tony Bruno and Andrew Siciliano. They had a show together. And then Kylie and Booms were on, I think, in the afternoon. And I had never heard a sports talk radio show delve into the controversial topics, which now now a show like that I think would do well. It's a lot of what Clay Travis does. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's one of those things where, all right, it's a first take type of show. One guy thinks one thing. The other guy thinks the other. But what was so great about them is, in their prime, and back then in college, because they had been doing a show in D.C., they were both sides of any topic or any political spectrum, and they could talk about the biggest outrageous thing that happened in sports. They weren't breaking down box scores. They, you know, First Take doesn't do that. In a lot of ways, I think the debate culture, the debate shows, they were one of the first doing it. I don't remember anybody else really doing it in that way. Do you, Kenny? No, but I never really listened to them when when they were on Fox. I never got a chance to. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll just say this because I, you know, I worked with Kevin. Uh, Kevin taught me a lot. Uh, he taught me a lot about how to do things and how to not do things. Um, you know how to go about business. Uh, I, I I don't think he ever 
realize, though, how much I did respect him, and I still respect him uh, for that matter, because he would tell stories about his life, and I would kind of sit there like a, like a, like a kid. Because remember, he's forty years older than I am, and, and you don't and he realize should have never, he, he didn't have to do sports talk. He was no, an he entrepreneur. Didn't. Yeah, he was a businessman. Yes. he was very smart. He was so, very smart, and he he rolled around in circles with exactly. really, really bright, really, really rich people. And there were a lot <laughs> of things. People, yeah. There were a lot of things, and we we've talked about it before. Like the show was kind of on its ass in our first like six months together, and there was a lot of things I went back to thinking about Kevin that taught me a lot about how to move the show along. Uh, how, how to get the reins of things, how to do that, um, that I, I do. I, I respect to this day, and I, I, I mean this sincerely. I haven't I haven't got a chance to speak to him. I, I know he doesn't like to be bothered. Uh, that's kind of one of the famous things about Kevin is that he will contact you when he wants to talk to you. Uh, but I hope he's doing well. I hope he's doing well. Uh, I saw his son in that uh, Glow series, which I thought was good. It blew my mind. Uh, but I, he, I thought he was very good in it, and um, I hope he's doing well. I really do, and I, I know he's not going to hear this, but uh, no. I, I hope he's doing really, really well. I really, really hope he's doing well. I know he's, he's in a different state, but I, I'm telling him right now, he, he taught me a lot, taught me a ton, and uh, I respect him for it. Uh, I got it. You got another one here. I got another one. No, go, you want me to do another one? All right, real quick. Daryl had asked us during the show. Favorite regular guest? Go. You hear me crunching up that paper because I separated it to make sure I had it for just this occasion. Yeah, I uh, man, we've had we've had some. I want I want to go back and look at re- reoccurring guest. My favorite personally after a Browns loss, I've told you this is Zach Jackson. Uh, oh some people think Zach revels oh. in a Browns loss, uh, but I think I think he really just revels in doing the I told you so's against the Browns fans. <laughs> I think that's what. Yeah, he does, it's but, really personal with him. It is. It is. Um, you know, every year Browns fans get on his case uh, and tell tell him that they're going to the Super Bowl, no matter how bad the Browns are. And now they're good, or you know, supposedly good. Yeah. And then he tells them, "Well, here's the thing. Here's what they don't have that other teams have, or here's what the Steelers do." And people got so sick of that, and they'd get defensive, and then they fight him on these things. Then he'd end up being right almost every time. He was finally wrong, I think, last year uh, when the Browns ended up second half of the season really surging ahead, and obviously going to the playoffs, but uh, Zach is somebody who covered the league from a very different perspective than I think a lot of other writers. So he's he's followed other teams, you know, going to training camp in different places and knowing the ins and outs of the leagues because he worked for the Browns. So I think he brings all that uh, to the table. And then I think Zach is uh, pretty funny because he buries us and he enjoys he kno- doing that. Oh, so yeah. he knows- that's probably why Zach is my, my favorite reoccurring guest. He's also a friend of mine, so it's almost unfair. He is the uh... – yeah, he is a buddy. I I love Zach. I I can't. It's it's hard to pick a favorite. It's like your kids, um, because Zach is Zach has been good to me for the longest time. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna agree with you about Zach. Like I love Aditi and Mary Kay and Daryl. I do, um, but I I have to say it's Zach. Zach, for as as nasty and mean spirited as as he is, uh, he did some really 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 nice things that he never had to do for me uh, back before I even worked at the fan. And never thought twice about it. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, because I am I'm very positive about the Browns and Cleveland sports in general. And I should be the type of person that Zach hates. And for whatever reason, we've always got along. And he's always been really good to me. And I've always uh, I've always been very thankful that I've had his friendship because he's a he's a really good guy when it comes down to it. But boy, All right. well, he can well, be nasty. Sec- oh, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Yeah, what were you yeah say? but that's what I like. I like combativeness. I like nastiness. He'll tell you yeah. when you're stupid, too. I mean, he's oh, done yeah. that to me plenty of time. He'll text me after a point I make on the air, and he'll go, you are so off base. And uh, other guys don't do that. Um, national guys, national guests, and maybe not reoccurring, but just someone you had a chance with here or there. Um, oh. And, boy, when, when the Cavs were good in 20 – you know, 16, 2015, 2017, we got LeBron back. We were able to get everybody. I mean, Keith Britton was just getting every big guest, and then Landry was in there for a little bit, and he had some connections for whatever reason. So we got everybody from, you know, we were getting Jeff Van Gundy. We were getting Doris Burke. We were getting Mike Tirico. We were getting everybody. I mean, every single big-time guy, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal. And I'd have to say Barkley. I mean, that was a throw of a lifetime when I filled in for Bull and we got Charles Barkley. And the next thing you know, they're they're running your interview, not just not just like a soundbite here and there. They are running with my questions and Dustin Fox's questions on SportsCenter, I swear, for a week. Yeah. It ran on every platform on ESPN just because Barkley decided to pick up his phone Keith got him, I believe, and he just wanted to unload, and he hadn't told anybody else what his thoughts were on LeBron and the Cavs or whatever, and then all of a sudden, it's everywhere, and it became the fodder for every show in the country. I thought that was really cool. I liked that interview. I remember listening to that interview live. Um, for us, I mean, Paul B. and Cardi. I mean, how could you <laughs> He That guy knew his Cavaliers oh, inside God. and out. Uh, the worst is when they have him on on the show after us. <laughs> and we're like, man, we will never have that guy on again. And you guys keep giving him a chance, but whatever. Um, who else nationally? I mean, if, if it's national, then it's it's easily Aditi. Um, Aditi's great to us. Uh, but it's like it's like not everyday recurring guests. I think Mike Tirico has been fantastic with us in the times that he's joined us. I, I've always had a good time, and he's always left us feeling good, and uh, Mike Tirico has. Yeah, uh, oh, he can do other ones. Yeah, there's a couple other ones that, that just don't come to mind right now, but I, I really enjoy uh, any time Mike Tirico has come on with us. Uh, Alan, long-time listener, first-time email with a serious question. How do we know Ken is really short for Kenneth? How do we know it's not short for Kensington Carmen the Fourth, who turned his back on oil field fortunes of his predecessors to remake himself as his own man? All the time secretly knowing that if his hot takes ever come too hot for the cognac soaked parachute to take the place of Tall Boy Friday. It's a great question, Alan. I'm not going to give my full thing because I wonder if this is one of those hacks that you're going to go ahead and steal my identity with. Uh, but it is short for Kenneth. Uh, Lima calls me Kenny a lot, and that's what the people really close Do to I? me call me, Kenny. Yeah, you call me Kenny a lot, especially when we're on remote. Or like you're at home or I'm at home because it's it's a way to get our attention. So you do it without you even recognizing you do it. Yo, Kenny. Like, Kenny, like you do that to make sure I'm, I'm hearing your point and you're ready to hand off to me. I don't know if you notice that, but you do. And uh, the there there are people, for whatever reason, Kenneth is starting to pick back up. Like, Zach called wow. me Kenneth, and I'm noticing more people calling me Kenneth. Uh, but my family, I've told this story before. My family came over, my great-grandfather, 14 times over. Uh, John Carmen came over. You look this up. Founded Hempstead, New York. And I don't know what happened between then and now. Somebody lost the family fortune. I don't know who did because John was supposed <laughs> to be a very wealthy fam, fa uh, very wealthy man. And somebody in the family squandered the family fortune. Because you can see me. I'm his great grandson. And we are not we are not members of the Skull and Bones Okay, I guess I'm I, I, in the book that my aunt or my aunt, my late grandmother got us. 
Uh, she was she flew to San. This is before Ancestry.com. She flew to San Francisco, had the book made. It cost her thousands of dollars. And I guess we're related to Barbara Bush somehow. I guess that's it. Of course, everybody tells I you the good news. I never heard I, that. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably related to Ed Gein somehow, and I don't even know or don't even, nobody wants to tell me. But uh, we're related to Barbara Bush somehow, I guess. So it means I guess I'm a descendant of George W. So that makes it a lot more fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I uh, – I, the, my God, name you're probably sounds... in in some way you have a family member that has a picture taken with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. <sighs> Moving on there, bud. Okay, uh, Ken. When not doing radio shows, how many beers do you consume during a Browns game? Same for Anthony, but with Zima or Chick drinks. Cheers, Le Charles. Uh, just depends. Uh, sometimes I'm really engrossed in the game, and I I. I just don't end up having a. I I just don't have as many as I think I have, and then I feel like I need to play catch up. Sometimes you know it's it's just a done deal. Like the other night, the other night I didn't think they had a chance, so I just kind of let them fly. I don't know if you <laughs> felt that. I just I let everything like I was like, yeah, I got a bottle of black velvet here. Let's get it going. Ah, I got some high life here. Let's get it going. Like I didn't. I wasn't bothered by anything there. But if I'm ta- if it's a big game and I'm taking a lot of notes, I really don't drink as much as you might think. Because I'm too 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 pensive and nervous and trying to pay too close attention. First of all, Zeman's like four point seven percent. I'm not drinking that. That just seems like a waste. Um, I think even the White Claws at this point have more than that. Well, by the Told way, you, I made the move to bourbon. I'm drinking High Life. High Life's like four point seven, right? Oh, it's not I that much. You you can crush a ton of those. That one time we had to leave the monkey, and I'm like, okay, and I knocked that one down, and you were looking at me like, Jesus. I'm like, well, it's an easy beer to drink. I don't know what to tell you. Go ahead. Uh, I've been going, especially before bed, bourbon just kind of knocks me out, and that's it. So that's always terrific. I've never, while I always do wine with dinner if I'm drinking, I don't do wine with Browns games. Because I think what has happened, I really like having that, I don't know if it's part of the routine, the ritual of just having something in your hands. And that's easier to do with beer because if you're doing that with bourbon, you're just going to drink yourself right to sleep by the end of the first quarter. Because I get jittery. I don't think people realize how I watch these games. Like, what is your vision, Kenny, of how I watch these games? I think some fans think I'm just sitting there laughing the whole time. No. No, I'm sitting there in panic mode. My heart in the second half. First quarter is always fun in games and whatever happens. It really doesn't. We, you don't think about it altering really the course of the game. You're just like, all right, uh, teams are throwing out their scripted plays, and, oh, there's a turnover there, whatever. You have the rest of the game to make up for it. Once that third quarter starts out and you get to about six minutes into the quarter, you're talking real football now. You're talking life or death. You're talking about every mistake, yeah. every three and out, every dropped interception. I mean, that's it. That's game. And so I will sit there and belabor every move that happens in that second half at about the six-minute mark into the third quarter. And therefore, I just have that beer on me, and I just start just little sips, little sips turn into bigger sips, and you know how that goes once it gets yeah. more nerve-wracking. Lima, Lima, Lima watching sports is a sight to behold. He's very fun to watch games with because he's very animated. He moves around. He's very physical. And he, he kind of like springs around and pops around. He's like a little elf. And he's very excitable. And so he's I, – I would say that that kind of takes away some of the booze. Me, 
I used to be I, I've been a screamer, I've been a yeller, I've been emotional, and you're gonna laugh at this. I enjoy taking notes during the game. It helps me focus on what I think should they should do next. Like if I watch a Browns game, I like the road games more than the home games because I want to take them in the right way and I want to be ready to sit here and take notes and, and do everything. So I'll watch the game. Like coming up on on Saturday, I'll tell you, I'm just going to watch the game with my family and that's going to be it because i got to do the Saturday morning show and then i got to do the pregame show and then I'm going to do everything. So I'm going to watch the game back and take notes on the game back. Well, If, if they just go out and get smoked 30 to nothing – I'm not going to be taking any damn notes. If they go out and win 30 to nothing, I might not be taking very many notes until maybe the fourth quarter. Uh, if it's a tight game, I'll, I'll go back and I'll take my notes and, and, and try to do it that way. And I've done that before. It's a little bit more difficult because you know the outcome. It helps me think in real time what I think the Browns should do in certain moments and what, I, what I'm right about, what I'm wrong about, and then that helps guide me. Like when we did the whole Baker thing two weeks ago, when Baker said – he thought that the offense was a little bit um, conservative. And you said you disagreed with him. I said, I have to agree with him. I wrote it in real time. Yeah, you wrote it so, down. Yes, yeah, so these were my emotions in real time. And now I have new information. I can go back and say that. But I felt this way in real time. I can't back down from what I've, I know is true. Because if I write it down, I know I'm telling myself the truth. Mm. I'm not BSing myself. So I I'm had to always do looking to, and I, I know you think about it in these terms too, um, me and you, if there's one thing we're accused of on Mondays, it, we don't really go after the easy thing that everybody's going after. Because, like the kicker, the kicker misses the field goal. I'm not even going to remember this kicker's name, honestly, in a year. Nope. I don't no. know. Will you, Kenny? I, I, no. I, I disregard things that don't matter to me. And Other this than kicker, Phil, they run together. No. Yeah, they honestly do. I, I know what, Cybert they drafted, right? Yeah. So that's one I'll remember. Uh, just because it was a draft pick and we had we had arguments on the show about why that was good or bad to draft a kicker, not even knowing if he was any good or not, just I, why you would do it. And I didn't even and, remember his name. And I, di- I dispose of a lot of that information. But one thing, when we come out on Monday and a kicker misses a field goal, I'm like, all right, well, every Cleveland show is going to be talking about the missed field goal. I None of our callers know what it's like to kick a field goal. Not that they know what it's like to play in an NFL game, but at least you have the – you have this false impression that you could throw to an open guy, right? Or you could run the ball in a passing situation or pass the ball in a running situation. Or defensively, hey, it's third down and four, do we blitz? Fans have this delusion, but it's a fun delusion, and media media too, that we could have drawn up something that could have worked. But as far as kicking goes, none of us can kick. So the only point of view to have after a kicker misses is make it next time. Or go to a different kicker. He'll make it next time. Well, that's pointless. I don't. I don't really engage in that kind of that kind of Monday morning quarterbacking. We'll debate a lot of other things that are probably pointless too. But I've always thought, like, if if the Scottish Hammer, he kicks one off the side of his foot. All right. Well, eventually every punter is going to do that. So I don't really get that upset about those things. I mean, yeah, I get upset. Well, oh my God, how do you not just punt the ball normal? But I realize you kick enough punts eventually. That's going to happen. Just hope it doesn't happen at a certain time, right? I mean, there was yeah. – um, there, there, you know, like if we're talking about a Super Bowl, I would hate for us to lose a game on a Super Bowl kick, you know, on a kick not going in like Scott Norwood because you're just going to be haunted by that the rest of your life. And what do you say? Well, you, you played for the game-winning field goal and you missed it. There's True. just not much to break down there. All right. We ready to go? We got to go rapid fire here. We're brought to you by Extend Technologies, and we got to get going here quick. Do you have any more in your email you want to go after? No, they all sent them to you. Okay, here we go. 
Uh, Mike, you and Tone's thoughts on the RBS subreddit. I'm there every day, uh, especially after losses. I love going there just to see what everybody is saying about why the Browns lost the game. And I think the Reddit board is very nuanced. Um, when you cut through all you – can, you can learn in Reddit how to cut through the garbage. Like I told you in the past, the Browns' Reddit in the offseason is totally pointless to me. It's we're going to the Super Bowl. Every free agency pickup was amazing. Every draft pick was amazing. Like then, and, and it's talking to other teams. Like we're going to be so this year. That does nothing for me. But during the season, there's really nuanced discussion. There's a lot of advanced analytics. Um, there are really good, thoughtful posters out there that will put up paragraphs and paragraphs of well-articulated points of view about the team, and it makes you think a little different, differently. And sometimes you pull up some nuggets that you can use on the show based on someone's research because, you know, anyone could be a journalist nowadays, and it's a good thing. Anybody can do their own research and find out something about the team or look at something historically um, because there's not as many people cover the team as used to because obviously the newspaper is down and the local TV, there's not as many people working that used to. So now it's just it's – a, it's a great community – of Browns fans from all over the world that can help the dialogue, that can help the conversation about your football team. I love it. I love the Reddit board. You just have to know how to leaf through the stuff that doesn't matter. I'm just not on Reddit. Reddit, I hear they're very nice to me, and I thank them all very, very much for it. But I, I'm not on Reddit. Oh, I'm not on any nice other Reddit boards. So I'm. Thank you guys very much. But I have, I, I, I have, wish I had thoughts, but I do not. I'm not on Reddit. Uh, Daniel says, Ken, when you did the Sunday night 10 to 2 a.m. on CBS Sports Radio, did you sleep in a cot for a few hours in between? Always wondered what you did. Happy holidays. Thanks. I tried to sleep on Vince Ng's couch. Uh, I slept on the lobby couch a couple times, which was kind of scary because every now and then a bum would try to get in. Um, But I would try to sleep on Vince Ng's couch, who is a uh, sales manager here. He doesn't know that, and he's just found out for the first time. Uh, that wasn't good. You you find out you're in a different sp- headspace when you wake up and go to do it. I went and I went home. I lived in Ridgeville. I left at 1:54. That's immediately when it was. I was ready to go. Got the hell out of here. I would get home at about 2:20. Uh, hurry up, lay down, cool. try to take about a 90 minute nap. Uh, her wake up, take a shower. I always had that taste of sleep in my mouth. I always had this tired taste Yuck. in my mouth. And then I did the Monday show, and I can say this now because the um, my 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 uh, network show is ending on the fifteenth of January. I remember Andy and Tom saying, "You can do this, but if you're late once, that's it." And one day I cut it real close because I woke up and it was five twenty-four, and I freaked out, threw on clothes. I was going down ninety. I was going down ninety, and I don't want to tell you guys how fast I was going down ninety. And I got in. <laughs> Just as soon, it was during the Brown season, it was just as soon as Jeff was finishing the update, and Lima was pissed at me. Lima was pissed. Like, How could I be pissed? I've had, no, you were pissed. Like, you were dead serious. Like, Kenny was there, and you were like, we got like halfway through the show, and you had calmed down by then, and we had had some fun, and you were like, never do that ever again. No, he goes, you're, you're like, you, I don't know if you remember this, you were like, you obviously I don't. don't. You're like, you're affecting me. You're affecting us. You can never do that again. Don't ever, ever do that again. And I was like, okay, I'm responsible to you guys. You're right. Lima was pissed off at me. That's about as, like, personally mad. That's about as mad as he's ever been, except for the time I, he, he, I got um, Michael Rappaport, almost said Richards, uh, mad at us. And he called me a hack. 
Uh, Jared says, <laughs> my question, you have the power to name oh, any person. Lima, c- hack. No, 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 no. Lima called me a hack. He said what we, what I was doing with Michael Rappaport was hack. That's what he said. Oh, uh, yeah. And then I said I almost, I almost threw him off the railing when he said that. Um, he says, my question is, you have the power to name any person, uh, commissioner of Major League Baseball, who would it be? Can be a baseball person or not? Who would you name? Baseball person or not? Condoleezza uh, Rice. Costas. Boom. Uh, I would name Condoleezza Rice. I think that's a good one. I that's still a good love, one, isn't it? I still love, I still love the Condoleezza Rice uh, leak story. Leak story. Who's just talking about that on one of these behind-the-scenes things about when supposedly she was up in the running? Was it Ian Rappaport? Or was it Lacanfora? It was something it was crazy one of them. that they oh, they'd make her the head coach. It was Adam yeah. Schefter. It was Adam Schefter. And and it was, a, it was a total intentional leak. It was great. Oh, God. It was so bad. It's just there to make the Browns look like somebody out had to be on their way out, and it was definitely there to make them look bad. Uh, Greg yeah. says, uh, I don't know if I can read this one. I'm going to do it though. Um, he says, he's talking about live reads. Basically, why do you guys do them? It seems that you guys don't like doing them. He's talking about everybody. I love doing oh, are you them. Are kidding me? We, uh, we it's love a doing them. Yes. Lyman and I, it's a competition for us about doing live reads. I hope it doesn't come off that way. Every now and then I get caught off guard because like Lyman and I will be in like a big argument and then like. I turn off the mic, and they're going, hey, you got Window Nation. I'm like, uh, hey, Ken Carmen here for Window Nation. Like, you get caught off. Boom. You get caught off guard here a little bit. But um, I like doing them. I, I think that they're fun, and obviously they pay the bills, and, and Lyman and I have got great relationships with the people who do them, including uh, the fine folks at Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Without naming names or name names, tell me how sports reporters in Cleveland have inside contacts and who – on the teams, have agendas that feed them, past or present. Well, in terms, of, in terms of the contacts thing, if you notice, and maybe I follow this stuff and Ken follows this stuff a lot more than most fans because why would fans care how news is being broken in other cities? There are very few guys. I mean, even in Houston, um, who's the guy we've had on a ton of times has the same new job? Uh, McLean. Yeah, John. Uh, McLean. Even if you notice, he's not breaking the stories that he used to because basically the agents and the players are leaking stuff out. This has become kind of kind of uh, something that's been heavily criticized with Adam Schefter. Is that it's all quid pro quo. It's I give you this, you give me this. And the local media, they they just don't think the local media can really help them anymore. They don't care. They, they don't care. You would think, oh, don't these players want to use the local media as a conduit to local fans? I hate to say this. These local players in every market, they don't care about the local media or the local fans anymore. They just assume they're going to have their fans in every city. They really – I know this is going to be kind of controversial. People aren't going to want to hear this. They look at the fans in whatever city they get drafted as the exact same in every city. They really do. And, and maybe as they get older, they realize, well, it's not really the same in San Diego or Los Angeles as it is in, like, Cleveland or Pittsburgh or Green Bay. But when they get drafted, they're basically told fans operate in the same behavior in every single city. So they don't care about reaching out. They know they're going to have you. Like, when Baker Mayfield gets drafted by the Browns, he knows instantly he's got a fan base in Cleveland. Yes. He doesn't have to earn it until maybe, you know, just show some good play. But before he gets drafted, he's already got you. You're going to buy the jersey. And as long as he plays well enough, 
you guys are going to get behind him. And all these players think that. So why does he need the local media? Why does he need to endear himself to local media or the local fans? He doesn't. So he's going to give any news he has to Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Jason Lockenford, Jay Glazer. Does that make sense, Kay? Do you agree or disagree? No, I agree. I agree. I wish I could, I wish I could add more, but we got to move on. Uh, Travis says, I notice you guys tend to dump callers anytime they mention your show, your show being superior to that of the local AM station. Do you have an agreement with them that you guys will do this for each other as a courtesy, or do you think it's just the right thing to do? Uh, no, I, I think, think – Okay, sorry to barge in. No, you're I good. I just think it's – I think it's hacky. I don't need my friends or anybody calling up and telling us we're better than the other places. It just I, do fans want to hear that? It just kind of seems. I, I know no. places do that, and they and they intentionally get their buddies to call. Like I, I just don't. I don't need that. I'm, well, I didn't know that. Uh, I'm glad people listen to us. Don't get me wrong, but I get along with a lot of people over on the other station, and I Lima gets along with a lot of people over on the other station, and we do have a partnership with them during the Brown season. And uh, it's just not that type of business anymore. It really isn't. And you know me. I, you and I do not hold grudges, and there's plenty of guys over there that I, I just get along with. And, you know, a couple of guys over there have been in this business a long time and have been really good to me. So, uh, yeah, I've interned just... for one of those guys. Yes, you did. <laughs> so I actually I didn't. A... I got so turned what am, I supposed to have a... am I supposed to have a fake rivalry with somebody who I don't really have a rivalry with? I don't know. There you go. It would uh, be better for radio. Sure. I could, our... I could uh, make it exciting. Our boss says, who has the best sense of humor among your bosses at Odyssey? That's from Andy. Uh, Tom Herschel. Ooh, you kiss ass. You kiss ass, you. Look at you on the holiday here. He's texting me, by the way. Uh-oh. No, well, we know what it's about. But, uh, I know way, exactly what it's about. Yeah. Oh, God. What a, is this going to be a long call? I just won't answer. My battery's dead. Oh, jeez. All right, fine. Uh, no, I'm going to say – I'll say Tom if it gets me out of the phone call quicker, uh, but I have to say Keith. Keith has a very dark sense of humor, too. Darker he does. Than he Lyman rips every I. host every day. Any bad segment, any bad opinion, yep. any time we look stupid, uh, yep. we are getting it worse from him than we get from any of you. Trust me. Easily. Easily. Ken and Anthony, this from Andrew. Final one. Do you guys like doing the Cleveland show or the national show better? There are only a few people I like on national sports radio. Overall, I like local sports talk much better. Boston, New York, Cleveland sports radio are my favorite. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan, but it's extremely hard finding good sports talk in Nashville. I'm not going to speak to any of those. Uh, Chad Withrow is uh, like, like a friend buddy of ours who's come <laughs> on the show. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. Okay, great. Ho, 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 ho. Um, he's been like a show buddy of ours. He's come on. He's been great. I don't get a chance to listen to much Nashville radio other than when the Browns play the Titans, so there's not a whole lot there. Um, but I, listen, I, I, I've been on CBS for a long time. Lama has too. Uh, it's, it's fun to talk to people from other cities. It's fun to like get a little bit creative and have that, but, uh, it's just better being here. It's just better being, uh, with the fans. And, you know, this is, I mean, this is where Lima and I, I don't mean to speak for you, but this is where Lima and I, you know, dig the foundation to, to build a legacy, hopefully. And so that's the importance of Cleveland just supersedes, the other ones by a mile. So go ahead. I, I did not enjoy the national stuff as much as I thought I would. You, you'd have some days where some news would break and you'd be right on it and be part of the national conversation like that. That's why you do it, that you want to be heard on that stuff. And then it's fun. But you're taking calls from all over the country and it's all these big topics. And some of them, your heart is just not in them the way that they would be here. Don't get me wrong. There have been national topics that I've been really in on, 
that I'm like, man, I think everybody in the country is missing this, and I'm going to be the guy that has the right angle. Whether it's true or not, or you end up looking stupid down the road, that's fun. That's the fun of it. It's okay. And then if you look right, if you end up being right about it, it's awesome. But it's still not going to be as passionate as the local guys who listen to you every day. I mean, there are people that have a running list of everything I've ever gotten wrong right here in Cleveland. Yeah. That makes it fun. I know people don't believe that. It really does. It does. They don't forget anything. They don't it forget a, a bad hoot. segment you did a month ago. It is a hoot. To get to talk to people in the street and they hear some of those things, it's a, it's an absolute blast. Uh, all right, I got to go call the boss, right. uh, which is you know going to be fun. So, um, well, I hope you have a wonderful holiday, Tone. Talk to you, what, next week? We're on together on Monday. Just, yep, just threw your Christmas card away. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 